happy Children's Day to the children that are in the house. And for those of you that no longer fall under that category, I bless you anyway because you are children of the Most High God. Amen? So we salute you as well. This is your day as well. Um, to my pastor, thank you for, uh, for trusting me with, uh, with sitting before God's presence and with just sharing what he's given me. It's not something I take lightly. It's not something I take for granted. And uh, I want to let you know that I, that I bless you for that and I thank you. Uh, to my wife, uh, just thank you for your undying love and your undying support. Thank you for always holding me up. Thanking you for being my mirror. Amen. Thanking you for just showing me the parts of myself that I am unable to see so that I can stand before God boldly and I can stand before God confidently knowing that he's given me the word that he has for me to speak. Uh, to my friends and to my family, to my church family, I bless you. I thank you for just your love, just your support and just your friendship and just your brotherly and sisterly love. It is not something that I take for granted and I bless you for it and I thank you for it. You have your Bibles with you today. Uh, our text is a familiar text, but it's a text that is of great value and of great importance. And if we catch the truths that are highlighted in this text, it'll better allow us to walk in the freedom of who God has called and created us to be. So for those of you that have your Bibles, our text today is 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9, and then it will appear on the screen in front of you. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. And it reads as such in our hearing. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. You may be seated. The title that God gave me for this particular message was a reminder that we are his royal representatives, that we are royal representatives of the most high God. We are his chosen people. We are his ambassadors because we have been called to represent the very nature of who he is. Heavenly Father, even now I'm praying that you just move me out of the way. I'm praying that you hide me behind your glory. I'm praying that, I'm praying that you just have your way. I'm praying that the truths that you have given me, that they cut me even now, that Lord God, your anointing and the message and the burden of your message just fall fresh on me, that I surrender it unto you, Lord God, that I submit my soul unto you, Lord God, that I submit everything that I have and everything that I am over to you right now, that you may do what you see fit with it, Lord God. Just have your way even now. In Jesus' name, amen. Peter is writing to the believers in what we know is uh, what scripture calls Asia Minor, but what we know as Southwest Asia. And at the time, he's writing to encourage them because he knows that at some point or another, they're going to face persecution for the fact that they believe in Jesus Christ. 
So throughout this letter, he uses language that is common in the Jewish culture for anybody that knows the Jewish history. So for the people that know the Jewish history, he's using language that was popular during that time. And specifically, he's using language from their time in Egypt, from their exodus from Egypt, because he calls them a chosen generation. He calls them a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And what he's really referring to is language in the Old Testament, which refers to God's people as a kingdom of priests. So because the believers, at least it's believed that the believers that he was referring to, that he was writing to, were Gentiles that had just accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. He's telling them that they possess an identity that many of them may not even know about because he's referencing a history that many of them don't know about. He's telling them in short who God says they are by referencing a story that describes their identity that they now have in God through Christ. And because many of us don't know the story, we have no idea about the freedom that God ha- of what God has called and created us to be. Amen. But just like the believers in this letter, people prepares us to endure persecution, to endure attacks that we may face because of what we believe by referencing a story that took place over a thousand years before this letter was even written. And this story is one that shows us a representative for God. It shows us a representative for us. And it shows us that we are the representatives that he has called and created us to be. Can I tell y'all this story? Can I tell y'all this story? I mean, let me know if y'all don't want to hear this story. I mean, whether or not you want to hear it, I'm going to say it anyway. But do you? Do you? <laughs> so once upon a time, there was a king who was all powerful, who was all sufficient, who was clothed in righteousness and love. And he was in possession of the one thing that every king values and desires, which is a kingdom. But this king had a problem because the people of his kingdom were trapped in a land of darkness. They were trapped in a land that many of us know as Egypt, where they were bound as slaves, where they were bound in suffering, and they were under the control of an evil king who refused to let them serve anybody but him. Many of us know this king to be Pharaoh. Now, because this king loved his people, and because of the fact that he had chosen, him, chosen them for himself, because of the fact that he had set them apart for himself, and he recognized that they were in suffering, that they were crying out to him, that they were in bondage, he decided that he was going to free them from this land of darkness once and for all. So he sent a representative named Moses, a man that he had called out of this land of darkness 40 years before, so that he could return and speak on behalf of this good king and free his people from the bondage that he saw they were in. But before he sent him, this good king gave his representative the power, the authority, and the word of the king himself to do what he knew he had been commanded to do because he couldn't do it in and of himself. So this king also gave him a warning. He told him that as you go into the land of Egypt, as you go into this land of darkness, this evil king is not going to listen to what you have to say. So in order for my people to know that they belong to me, that they are mine, not only am I going to give you power and authority, I'm also going to have you drop my name. 
I'm also going to have you tell them that I am sent you because I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am that I am. So if they ask you who sent you, when they see the power and authority that you have been given, tell them that I am sent you because they are going to know based on who sent you that by my power, by my might, and by my authority, I am going to free them by this, from this land of darkness and have them walk in the freedom that they have been destined for apart from this arrogant imposter of a king. So this representative did what he was told. He goes into this land of darkness that he was called out of 40 years before. And he goes in front of this king and he gives the king the message that he was told to give. He says, let my people go that they may worship me. Not only does this evil king refuse to do what he was, been to what he was told to do, but he also makes the work of the people harder. He makes their time in bondage harder than it ever has been before. And they've been in bondage for over 400 years. So he makes their time harder based on what the king, the good king had declared because he doesn't even know who this good king is. So because of his arrogance and because of his pride, he makes the time for this people living harder than what it was before. So the people go and they complain to this representative. They go and they complain, and they're, and they're saying, why, why have you brought this evil on us? Uh -huh. So now the, the representative goes to the good king, and he says, why, why, why did you send me to do this? You never told me that this was going to make this harder for your people. Why have, you, why have you called me to speak evil upon these people? A lot of times, representing righteousness is going to get you in trouble. <laughs> A lot of times, representing righteousness is going to cause you problems because many times what you represent is set against evil intent, is set against a destructive intent. It is set against a system that was established to oppose and tear down everything that you stand for and everything that you represent because of who you belong to. But as long as you stand in the righteousness of God, and as long as you represent what God has called and created you to represent, the very righteousness you represent will be the same righteousness that protects you and covers you and stands up for you because of the one that you represent. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17 says this. It says, no weapon formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn, because this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. It belongs to you, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. So whenever you represent God's righteousness, the same righteousness that you represent is the same righteousness that will cover you or protect you because there's nothing else that can stand up against it because nothing can stand up against the one that you represent. So this good king, he hears the complaint of the people, he hears the complaint of his representative, and he responds by saying this. He tells his representative, you go and you tell them what I told you in secret. You tell them what I have planned for them. You tell them that I'm going to free them and deliver them as the chosen people that I've called and created them to be. The problem is when he goes to open his mouth, the people refuse to hear him. Problem is when he goes to tell them, they refuse to hear the truth of what was being told to them because they were too upset because of what they saw regarding the situation around them. 
What good news has your attitude caused you to miss? What opportunities of deliverance has your attitude caused you to miss because you were too upset about what you saw to trust what you heard? Many times as Christians, we allow the facts to be more real than our faith because we hold what we see to be more truthful than what we hear. But scripture says that we walk by faith and not by sight. And that faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if we're really gonna walk in the victory that God has for us to walk in, one of the things that we need to make sure that we do is hold the word that we hear from him more true than the circumstances the enemy wants us to see. So this king tells his representative, you go and you talk to this king again. And even though this arrogant imposter is not going to listen to you, I'm going to use the very pride that he has to deliver my people and show my power. I'm going to harden his heart. I'm going to make it so difficult for him to listen and so difficult to do what is being asked of him that the very pride he holds near and dear to his heart is the same thing that's going to break him. So the representative does what he's told. He goes to this evil king, tells him what the king told him to tell him, and he responds in the way that the king said he would. So from that point on, the good king starts to tear down this pharaoh's territory. He starts to send disasters. He starts to send plagues that tear up the territory of this land of darkness. Hmm. Lord God, thank you. He tears up the territory of this king of darkness by sending nine disasters, nine plagues over this land of darkness that showcase the sovereignty and the might of this good king. But even after what the king saw, even though he was a witness to what was happening to his homeland, what was happening to his territory, he was too stubborn to to let his people go, to let this good king's people go. So he was still stubborn and refused to do what was being asked of him. So the good king says, okay, I'm going to send one more disaster. I'm going to send one more plague that will break this evil king's hold over my people once and for all. But before I do that, I need to make sure that my people are protected. So he gives his representative instructions to give to his people. He goes before them and he says, you take a lamb. You take an unblemished lamb. You take a lamb without defect. You take a lamb. You take his blood and you posted over the top and the sides of your doorposts of your homes. Because I'm about to pronounce judgment over this land of darkness. At midnight, I will send a destroyer to kill the firstborn of the sons and of the beasts in this land of darkness. And by morning, no household, every household will have someone dead in it. Every household in the morning will have at least one person that is dead. But when I see the blood over your door, when I see that you are covered in the blood of the lamb that is over your door, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not come into your dwelling place because you are covered by the blood of the lamb. So at midnight, the good king did exactly what he said he was going to do. He sends a destroyer throughout this land of darkness. He sends a destroyer throughout the land of Egypt. But because of the fact that the people were obedient to what was being asked of them, and because of the fact that they followed this good king's decree, when the destroyer came by their house, it passed 
over them. And judgment was pronounced over the land of Egypt. And the next morning when this king saw what had happened and when he saw that even his own son was dead, he said, enough is enough. I'm sick of these jokers. I'm sick of these cats got to go. So he finally decided to let the good king's people go. He, took, they, he let them take their families. They took their animals. They took everything that belonged to them. But even more so than that, they took money. They walked away rich because of the fact that God had given them favor to the place where the people in this land of darkness were giving them gold and jewelry and valuables to the place where there was absolutely nothing left. Scripture says they spoiled the Egyptians, meaning they took everything that they had. They took everything that made them what they were. They spoiled the Egyptians. So... They take what was given of them and they go and they leave this land of darkness. They have finally been given the freedom that God has said was theirs. So they walk by day and by night and they are led to what we know as the Red Sea. Problem is they look back and they see that this evil ruler has changed his mind. They see that this evil ruler not only has come with himself, but he's also come with an army of 600 chariots yeah. to wipe out these people because he has changed his mind about letting them go. So the representative sees that these people are scared. He sees that they're complaining. So he stands up to them and he says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Because the Egyptians that you see today, I guarantee you, you will no longer have to worry about them again. You will never see them again. The very thing that held you captive, the very thing that held you bondage, the very thing that held you back from the freedom that you were always meant and intended to enjoy, you will never have to worry about that thing again. So the good king tells his, representatives to, his representative to stand over the water. And with the staff over it in his hand, tells him to separate the waters. And the Bible says that the waters went hither and thither until there was a way of escape for them to walk in. So they're commanded to go into this water. They're commanded to walk in this way of escape. Meanwhile, the evil king sees that these people are going through the water. They're walking through this way of escape. And when he sees that these people have crossed through the Red Sea. He tries to walk in the same way that was prepared for them, but because of the fact that it was not prepared for him, because of the fact that it was for his people, because of the fact that it was meant as a way of escape for his people, him and his army were destroyed. Wickedness can't follow you when you walk in righteousness. Anytime you walk in righteousness, wickedness can only come so far. Wickedness can only come so far, and it has to have permission to go as far as it's allowed to go. When God gave Satan permission to test Job, he says, you can touch his, you can touch his health, you can touch his family, you can touch his possessions, but you better not, you, be, you better not touch his life. That's mine. He belongs to me, so you may come this far, but you better not come any farther. Evil can only come so far when you're walking in the way that God has for you to walk in. As for the people, as they went through this water, and this is 
This blew me away when I was shown this. The people went into this water as slaves, but they come out on the other side as sons. They go in as refugees, but they come out as representatives. They go in as wretches, but they come out as righteous. Because the good king not only uses water as a way of escape, he used it to transform the very nature of who they were. So now the good king has fulfilled his promise because now they are the kingdom of priests that they were always intended to be because he transformed the very nature of who they were. This is a story that Peter is telling the people in his letter, and he uses it both for them and for us to remind us that we are the sequel of this story. That the same thing that God did for them, the good king, God for the people of Israel, is the same thing that he's done for us. Well, what are you talking about? I'm saying that God looked down on us as his church, as his kingdom, as his people, and he saw that we were held in bondage in a land of darkness that we know is sin, under the rule of an evil king known as Satan. But because of the fact that he loved us enough to decide that we were meant to be free, he chose a representative. He gave over a representative. Not only did this representative have the word of God, he was the word of God. He is the word of God. He's the physical incarnation of everything this good king is, was, and will always be. He is the firstborn from among creation. He is the beloved son. He is everything that represents who this good king is. So this good this good king sends a representative who crosses over 42 generations to descend into a land of darkness, to descend into a land of evil, to meet us where we were so that he could take us to where we had us to be. He descended into this land of darkness so that he could free us from the bondage that we were in. And the good king had a plan to give this representative the power and the authority that he needed to free us from this land of darkness, but there was a catch. There was a catch. Because of the fact that this land of darkness was embedded in the very nature of who we were, because of the fact that this, this land of sin, this nature of sin was embedded in the very character of who we were, Judgment had to be pronounced, and it needed to be pronounced over us because of the fact that the wages of sin is death, because of the fact that judgment has to be pronounced over our sin, because this good king can't tolerate sin. So in order for this representative to free us, in order for this representative to receive the power, first he had to receive the judgment. Yes, sir. 
In order for him to receive the very thing that he needed to free us, he had to take on the judgment itself. So this good king, instead of using 10 plagues, he decided to use a cross. He decided to use a cross to display his power and might and authority and pour judgment all over his representative. He poured wrath all over his representative. But here's the funny thing. Just like judgment passed over the people of Israel and fell over the land of darkness, because of this representative, because of our representative, judgment passed over us and fell on the sin that held us captive. Because scripture says that he made him who knew no sin to become sin so that through him we could become the righteousness of God. So he allowed judgment to pass over us and fall on his representative because he saw that we were covered in the blood of the lamb. His firstborn son, his firstborn son, his firstborn son, not the firstborn of the enemy, but his own firstborn son took on the judgment that was meant for us so that we could walk in the righteousness that he had for us to walk in. Ain't that a good thing? Ain't that a good thing? So as a result, this evil king has no more dominion over you. He has no more power over you. Scripture says that he has disarmed the principalities and powers and made them a spectacle. He taunted them. He made fun of the very king that held us bound because he has triumphed over them through the cross. And as if that weren't enough, this this representative takes it a step further. He descends even further from the land of darkness into the land of the dead. He goes into a land that there's no coming back from. He goes into a land that most people never see the other side of. And after three days, he rose with all power in his hands. The power to free you. The power to free me. The power to free us was in his hands. So now, because of the fact that he made a way of escape for you, for me, for us in him. He commands us, just like he did the people of Israel, to pass through the waters so that the process can be completed because of the process that he took you through with the washing of his word over your hearts, over who you were, that transformed the very nature and the character of who you were and to what you were always intended to be. Because of the fact 
that he allowed us to pass through the waters of who he is. We went in as slaves, but we came out as sons. We went in as refugees, but we came out as representatives. We went in as wretches, but we came out as righteous. We came out as changed. We came out as priests. We came out as kings. We came out as a chosen generation. We came out as a royal priesthood. We came out as a holy nation because we have been given a gift called favor. We have been given a gift called grace. It had nothing to do with you. It had nothing to do with me. It had nothing to do with us. It had everything to do with the love that this good king has for you. If you don't know this king, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your savior, as your father, as your king, as your representative, I invite you to receive him even now. Receive him over the door of your heart today. Because by the washing of his word and by the spirit of who he is, as you receive him, you will become transformed so that you can reflect the representation of who he is, which means that his power, his authority, his character, his, his, his representation is available to you right now. Because scripture says that as many as have received him, to them gave he the power to become sons of God. He's available to you right now. Receive him today so that he can receive you as his child, so that he can receive you as his son, so that he can receive you as his chosen generation, his royal priesthood, his holy nation, called to show forth the praises of him who has called you out of the land of darkness, out of the land of your mess, out of the land of your sin, into the light of the nature and the character of who he is into the kingdom of the son of his love, into the light of his presence. He is calling you right now. He is calling you out of the darkness of who you were into the light of who you were intended to be. He's calling you right now. Receive him. Be transformed. So that you can walk in the representation of who he is. You were made to rule. You were made to be set apart. You were made to be chosen. You were made to be justified. You were made to be sanctified. You were made for him. You were made for him. You were made for him. Turn to your neighbor to your right and to your left. And tell him, neighbor, you represent a king. Rule well. 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 Rule well.
well. Rule well. Because of the love of the king that you represent. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to your name, Father.